Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now hey this is heather hey this is liz this week for fourth of july we decided to review captain america that's the first avenger so let's hit that music We decided that since 4th of July is coming up, we'll talk about one of our favorite American movies, Captain America. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's America's ass. <laughs> yep. Although after watching it, yeah, he even though he was really scrawny at the beginning because it's CGI, like he was not as buff as he is now. No, no, certainly not. But he, I'm sure he was buff for like 1940 whatever standards. For sure. Everybody's like, whoa, he's huge. And now we're like, meh. So. Yeah. Have you seen Arnold? Okay. Mm. <laughs> we need to we need to buff it up a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I guess we're going to have to say spoilers. <laughs> right. But those insane people who have yet to watch Captain America, even though it's been out for seven, eight years. So. So now here's the question. Do we want to do some spoilers for Endgame in here? The spoiler band has been lifted, but... This is kind of a full circle movie. Yeah, I think so. Just be aware that you will probably hear spoilers for this movie, Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. Just because pretty much anywhere Captain America is, my brain's probably going to pull from it whether or not I'm fully conscious of the activity. Yeah, we had a very tough time doing that with Harry Potter. Yeah. So (laughs) in the sake of our editing button... We pulled the bleeps out for the first time in that one. That was funny, though. But no, I think I think it's been it's been long enough. If I've already had Game of Thrones spoiled for me for, you know, the last season, then fuck it. Yep. I'm sure you've had Endgame spoiled for you, too. And if not, you should have gone to the movies. Yeah, it's been quite a while now since Endgame has come out. So I'm going to say that we're going to be OK talking about it. Captain America, the original one, really kind of goes full circle and they bring it right back in Endgame, which is what I really appreciate about Endgame. Mm-hmm. Even some of the worst uh, movies in the series, not that this one was, uh, they bring it back and kind of explain it so everything fits together. Yeah, that is the nice thing with them. And, you know, pardon the pun here, having an Endgame in mind, I'm pretty sure when they started this whole thing, or at least they had enough foresight to go, you know, we should really explain some of these things as we go, because they're really good about that. They're really, I mean, you might be three or four movies down the line, but then they're like, oh, that's what that thing meant. And then when you go back and watch them again, you feel like you're more in the know than you were when you watched the first time around. Yeah. Yeah. So... I love the CGI here. I would just hate to be the scrawny dude that they just picked up and said, hey, we need you to be Captain America's wussy <laughs> before man. 
Yeah, well, you know. Because he was just so cute. Like, he was just like tiny little guy, but then still had like this deep, deep voice. I mean, he had to be like four feet tall because, yeah. I mean, you look at him in the car and you can tell they're trying to do the forced perspective kind of thing like they did with Lord of the Rings between Gandalf and Frodo or whatever, trying to show a massive height difference. And you can tell that's kind of what's happening. Like, it's not done as well as mm-hmm. the other movie is. But he's like you know, a size of a 12 year old, you know, he's very, very small against just seemingly normal humans. Like even Bucky, I don't think Bucky is supposed to be this mammoth human. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you put him next to Bucky and he just looks like a little pipsqueak. And then, you know, and I know they do it obviously to make the transformation look that much more impressive and that's fine. But, uh, but I will say yeah. that the CGI scrawniness and whatever has come a long way since the half-naked Bella in Twilight days, because that was terrible. So. Uh, that was the baby? No, the baby oh. was bad. I just mean when they made Bella super, super skinny. Kristen Stewart, when they made her character really, really skinny. Oh, they didn't just stretch the camera like they did in Paul Abdul's <laughs> music videos? No. <laughs> no, it was pretty terrible. Okay. Yeah, so th- they did a really good job here, and I really liked seeing uh, Sebastian Stan's character, Bucky Barnes. Mm-hmm. I really liked seeing him when he was the one in control, because this is really the last time we do. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I really enjoyed him, and I don't think I understood how important he was at the time that I watched this movie, uh, other than they were just close friends until obviously the next movie and going on. But uh, he's he was he was really good addition and he was fun and you know didn't have the stigma of all the mental health problems that he got later on in life. So right, yeah. Well, brainwashing does that to you for sure. And forty years, seventy. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I think and what I really like about Bucky specifically in this movie is because he is like the cool guy. He's the protector, that kind of thing. It really only takes him about two seconds to snap into. All right, I'm no longer, you know, the top dog around here. So that hurts a little bit. But he's not a dick about it. And he also never tries to, like, shove his superiority or whatever down Steve's throat. They're still really good friends, even though Steve is kind of scrawny at the beginning, whatever. And then, you know, like, and like he even says in the bar in that one scene, he's like, no, I'm not following Captain America. But that little guy from Brooklyn who didn't know to walk away from a punch, that's who I'll follow. And I'll follow him forever. And that loyalty that's there is just, it's really beautiful. Yeah, they did a really good job at capturing to Captain America's personality in this. I mean, you get a kind of a glimpse of it at because he keeps applying for the army, even though he can't get in. He doesn't, ha- he's not healthy enough to get in. Right. And he just has this, I should be there. I should be fighting. I should be doing something. And right uh, when he met the doctor, I forgot his name. Erskine. And Dr. Erskine stamps his papers that he's in. He was so happy. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was really, really cute. He had no idea what he was about to be signed up for. It wasn't that you're going to be signed up just to be in the reserves or, you know, be in the, uh, just the infantry. This is something bigger than that. Well, and I think he still didn't even know that he was signing up to be this science experiment kind of thing. It was just, I'm going to give you a chance. I mean, maybe they explained it to him a little bit down the road, but I don't think they really did until they picked him for it until they picked him and i really love dr erskine's um you know his his whole rationality behind the whole thing is if you take a bully and you make them stronger they will just continue to be a bully and they will be out of control but if you take someone who 
will respect the power that you give them. That's what we're trying to build. Yeah. And then I liked Tommy Lee Jones's kind of reply was like something about you don't know how to make a hero or whatever. And then he pulls this fake grenade and throws it out in there. And and he says, grenade. And as the entire group scatters away from the grenade, Captain America jumps, well, Steve Rogers at this time, jumps onto the grenade to to save all of those men that were kind of assholes, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And he's like, and then when it didn't go off, he's like, what's going on? Is this a test? <laughs> Is this a test? Yeah. yeah and, I, and I do. I love Tommy Lee Jones. And it, it just didn't always i mean he's just one of my favorite actors when mm-hmm. it comes to people he's the same actor all the time ba- basically people hired to play themselves at any given time so yes he doesn't exactly. have a whole lot of depth he just pretty much it's like hiring for sean connery he just is nope. sean Con- you know that's just what you're hiring yeah but yeah and, and i like to i even liked seeing his kind of turnaround you know throughout the movie where he was very resentful of the fact that erskine picked him that you know Erskine died and now he's the only one left and oh I wanted an army of you and all I have is you and you're not enough and blah 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 because I'm sure poor Steve Rogers has been told he wasn't enough his entire life that even now that he's big and strong and has all this you know oomph that he didn't have before he's still being told you're not good enough and that you know that sucks so yeah but then to see the turnaround after he goes because you know he single-handedly goes and rescues Bucky and like 150 other guys who were you know captured by hydra behind enemy lines and uh you know then he's yeah. like grudgingly like ah, yeah, i guess you're all right yeah <laughs> i guess George. so we saved everybody everybody i've already sent telegrams though everybody thinks they're dead now it's like, they all think they're dead and now i gotta write them back think all of the telegrams that were sent <laughs> <laughs> we've used all the paper there is no more we have no more <laughs> buttons to push. I have no idea. So let, let's yeah. talk about that um, that POW situation that we have going on in the factory there. When you yeah. watch it again, like when I watched the first time, it was very clear to me, okay, they're using these prisoners as physical laborers until they basically die and then they throw them away because that was fairly typical Nazi yep. activity is very typical, pretty much of any prisoner of war type situation. And then, you know, they, we see that people have been led away and they never come back. And you, you know, hear Bar- you, when he finds Bucky, he's in there and he's muttering his name, rank, and serial number over and over again. Like, that's all you hear him saying. And you're like, okay, that's what, you know, our people were trained to do. Yep. If they were captured, this is all you tell, no matter if they torture you, whatever. So you just assume, okay, they've been doing some sort of torture for Intel or for whatever. But when you go back and after having seen the movies that will come down the road, I think we figure out here that it's a little bit more. I think this is the beginning of the break. Yeah. Um, they were they were working on this slowly. They were also doing something, you know, they're pulling teeth out of people and doing some weird shit. And they're the science group, right? Hydra's the science group. Yeah, the so deep, they probably deep weren't just yeah they probably weren't just trying to get information they were trying they were doing experiments and things like that so well, I think it sounds like they had somehow maybe not perfected Erskine's formula but they had kind of come across a close approximation of it because that's the only reason even if they were putting him on ice for a long time that's really the only reason that Bucky would still be kind of preserved in the capacity that he is you know 70 years later he is just as hot in the future as he is now yeah he is 
Otter. <laughs> Got that yeah. long hair now. Mm. And, and the eyeliner. Yeah, you know, we've talked about that eyeliner thing. It really only works well when you're doing the mask situation. But again, the, the, I think I think maybe what they have inside all these masks is it's just a little bit of that eyeliner remover. And when they go to pull it off, it swipes off. Though, have you ever actually worn mascara or eyeliner? You will know it takes a crowbar a blowtorch and a massive, massive scrub to get any of that shit off your eyes. And they don't look yes. fresh and dewy afterwards. You look like you've been beaten up by a raccoon. Unless you use cold cream, man. That's what you did in the 40s. <laughs> you know what? I bet it worked better than the crap we've got now, to be honest. Yeah. My grandma wore that shit all the time. In addition, though, we are introduced in this movie to Haley Atwell's Agent Carter. God, I love her. She was phenomenal. I mean, we I think the first season scene we meet her, she's getting harassed by one of the big burly recruits and she fucking punches him straight on in the face. Oh my god, that is the best thing in the world. Like he's he's all giving her shit cuz she's British, you know, and this is obviously the American army. And he's, you know, what's happening, Queen Victoria? I thought we were joining the American army. And she's like, "Step forward." And she even tells him like, "Put one foot in front of the other." Like she's giving him a chance to stand his ground and she just punches the shit out of him and I, it's awesome I, I just I, you can tell like just look at the Steve Rogers eyes right there because he gets a little snicker but you can just kind of see he's like falling in love with her like right there yeah I think he really admired it too because she's smaller than everybody right and yeah. so, so is he and but she doesn't and you know he doesn't back down she doesn't back down but man she obviously carries more of a punch but <laughs> Well, but she also, you know, when they're they're in the car and they're talking and he's like, I got beat up in that alley and that one and that playground (laughs) behind that car by that kid with a stick. You know what I mean? Like all this kind of pathetic stuff. She's like, did you have a problem with running away? And he makes a really good point. He says, if you, you know, if you start backing down, they'll chase you forever. They'll never let you stop running. But, you, you know, you push back, you fight for yourself and if they can't say no forever. And she says, well, I know a little bit about what it's like having every door closed in your face because again women in the military during world war ii oh i know we're mostly nurses yeah. maybe mm-hmm. some like mechanics or drivers clerics, you know just like the wax yeah. like just very different type of but not they weren't front line and they certainly weren't officers Mm-mm. like that and again yeah. unless you were a nurse yeah well the queen man she drove the she drove a big old truck she was a mechanic that was pretty cool yeah she's awesome but um they luckily we got to see more about that side of her with uh, the agent carter tv series which i'm very sad is not on the air anymore yeah you know i only made it through i think the first two episodes of that before i don't remember what happened like maybe we switched cable or mm-hmm. i don't know what happened yeah, it but was we just, not available yeah yeah like it just became impossible to remember to go find it to watch it so yeah. I, I would like to see it i'd like to see more i need to try to track it down somewhere because yeah. i love her and I love her playing with the guy who plays Jarvis, the mm-hmm. voice of Jarvis before he becomes Paul Bettany. Yeah. <laughs> so also the guy who plays Jarvis in Endgame um, yeah. is in that with her too. And then again, Howard Stark comes up every once in a while, I think. But. Yeah. And I liked H- Howard Stark there. In fact, um, we got to see a little bit of Howard Stark's personality by this point, I think, because... I cannot remember if Iron Man 2 came out before uh, Captain America. I don't think it did. But I'll tell you, you could really hear the voice and the um, the acting style. They kept them consistent for those two characters, even though they look completely different. Young Howard Stark versus old Howard Stark. I think I really, Iron Man 2 was out, actually. Was it? Yeah, because I think it was yeah. Iron Man... 
The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, and then Captain America was the first set that came out before the Avengers movie. Yeah. So it was really good that they stayed consistent with that because mm-hmm. the two characters, the two actors themselves are so completely different looking. I wouldn't have seen it except for the the mannerisms and the way, you know, they enunciated things that actually was pretty consistent between the two of them. Mm-hmm. So but maybe that's just like a 1940s like asshole voice, <laughs> you know. Like maybe, that's just so. how they talk. <laughs> I, I don't know. He was he was very pompous and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So it's it's very interesting. Like you can absolutely see where Tony Stark would be his kid. Now, I think yeah. they played that consistently as well. And he's charming, and you don't get that either. Yeah, you know, because when he's when he's older Stark, he's not as charming as he was when. No, he was no, young. he's a total yeah. dickhead when he's older Stark. We saw that in all the movies and stuff where he's chasing Tony out of the room and whatever else. You know, before he gives a little heartfelt thing. Yep. I also, you know, our big villain in this is Red Skull, who is fucking awesome, by mm-hmm. the way. And he's the best bad guy ever, because I don't remember the character's name, but he played Mr. Agent Smith on The Matrix, too. And he's also Lord Elrond in The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Yes. Yeah. Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving is his name. Hugo Weaving. Uh, he also plays Rex the dog, if you ever watch Babe, the movie about the pig with Farmer Hoggett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did he- not realize he was Rex. <laughs> yeah, he totally is. Who was who also a bad guy. Until you get to know him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of his bread and butter right there. Yeah, Paul and I had a had a Hugo Weaving day about a year ago where we started off watching Babe. And then I think we just ended up going, you know, we should watch a bunch of other movies that have Hugo Weaving in them as well. And just went through like The Matrix and Lord of the Rings. And I don't remember. There yeah. was a couple others. Man, there's plenty. He did an incredible job. Oh, yeah. I really liked that they brought in the tesseract and but the, we don't know what's a tesseract yet not yet but we yeah, will what, they called it a square box <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they called it the in, the cube <laughs> the, the cube. cube a blue cube i don't think we ever hear it called the tesseract until the avengers when thor comes yeah. down and talks to him about it yeah but then it's funny i was telling paul after watching captain marvel i really want to sit down and go through all of these movies and just try to trace the history of the tesseract you know and where yeah. we see it pop up because obviously we see it here in Captain America, you know, it comes back through one of the Thor movies, maybe two. Um, Captain definitely, Marvel. Definitely Ragnarok, Captain Marvel. Um, you know, it just pops up all over the place. And it's like, okay, it gets eaten by a flurkin. It gets lost for a good number of years. Somehow Marvel ends up with it. You know, just a random assortment. And then with all the timey-wimey shit that happens in Endgame, it's like, what? I know. And then Loki takes it. You know, it's just like, what's happening? So anyway, uh, I did. I really liked Red School. And when I watched this, I I had never read a Marvel comic book. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had known a little bit about Captain America. And I recall Red Skull from some sort of cartoon because I remember the big long car. Right. And then him, him behind it with his little, you know, head. And so that really was brought up a lot of little bit of nostalgia for me because I'm like, oh, man, I remember Captain America. I remember, you know, I remember the Avengers now that you brought it up. But I remember it through the villain more than I remembered it through the heroes. Right. Weird. Now, you know what? I don't think that's completely unnecessary. Like, I don't think that's a weird thing at all. Mm. I think it happens more than you would think of. So, like, honestly, I remember a lot more of the... um, like a, a lot more of the Batman villains than I do of his comrades. Yeah. You know? And I guess, um, everybody remembers Skeletor more than you'd remember 
um, I don't remember a dick about He-Man's friends. I got nothing. Yeah. Like, I got Skeletor and then the little guy with the O on his shirt. That's it. Yep. That's all I know. So. Yeah. They were awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I guess we do remember the villains. But I remember uh, in the Transformers, man, I remember Optimus Prime. So, I guess well, it depends on how good your hero Optimus is. Optimus Prime and Bumblebee. I mean, what else is there oh, to of remember? Course Bumblebee. I love Bumblebee. Yeah. So, I really like Red Skull. And then this is where we had um, the first version of... Um, the Hydra scientist, I forgot his name. Dr. Zola. Dr. Zola. Um, his, you could tell that like his loyalties weren't really there. He was just all about the science. He was about the science and not getting evaporated. I'm pretty sure that yeah. was his, his uh, but, priorities. Yeah, but at the end when he got his consciousness uploaded into a thing, this didn't happen in this movie, by the way. No, um, it, yeah. He, he was pure evil the whole way. So I guess he wasn't the one that uploaded his... Um, consciousness somebody's like though i mean it sounded from him talking in winter soldier like he was so well maybe they convinced him maybe he also was brainwashed my guess would be that after he got captured and probably saw that you know the quote good guys were just as devious as hydra because they really were i mean the way that they you know tricked him and were tricking you know, and, and I'm sure we did that, and we still do that when it comes to coded messages. Oh, yeah, we'll just send out fake bullshit information and try to get them off on a different tangent. So, yeah, I mean, you get it. But again, I think with him, it's more of a, oh, well, guess what? Ha ha, Hydra's still in control. He's a tiny little wiener, though, isn't he? That guy. Yes, he is. Hold on. Let's take a break real quick. Okay. And then we'll come back and kind of talk about how this movie is patriotic. Yes. Hey, everyone. I'm Lily. And I'm Brett. And we're the co-hosts of Lady Shit with Lily and Brett. We record out of a tiny little closet and talk about anything and everything related to being women today. Did you know that fast fashion is the second most polluting industry in the world? Or that the femtech space might soon be worth $50 billion? Or that women who swear actually have large vocabularies? Yeah, we talk good. As doctoral students, we're occasionally smart, putting in a little bit of research into every topic we cover. But mostly, we're just ridiculous. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ladyshit underscore pod. And you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. Oh, and when you're searching, make sure ladyshit is one word. And that you substitute the I for an exclamation mark. New episodes come out every three weeks, which we know makes no sense, but clearly nothing we do does. Hey, Heather, so have you been listening to a lot of podcasts this week? I have because I'm getting paid for them. I know. I love it. I've listened to probably 12 to 20 hours of podcasting in the last week, and it's just insane that I'm racking up the coins on PodCoin while I'm doing it. It's given me an excuse to listen to them because I'm able to either gather my coins for charity or actually gather my coins for me. Yay. So you guys should check out PodCoin too. We really love it. It's increased our listenership. We are earning coins for doing so. It's available if you are Apple or Android. Super fun. And if you want to get 300 free coins, all you have to do is use our code, which is nerdy, N-E-R-D-Y. And you can get those free coins to get you started. All right. So keep on listening. Hey, Kevin, you know what would really impress your coworker or even impress that cute boy or girl you've been crushing on? An expansive knowledge on all your favorite facts in movies and TV. My favorite? Um, more like their favorites. You mean like that time we covered all those sequels that were never made? Or how life is on a big budget film set? 
I was thinking about that time we covered Jean-Claude Van Damme was the predator for a minute, or that time Thomas Edison was involved in literally every aspect of filmmaking. Edison, yes, the first movie mogul. How about when Russell Crowe poured his entire life and soul into making a Gladiator and Master and Commander franchise? So just know that when it comes to movie knowledge, we have the power! So check out the Wicked Hot Movie Mayhem podcast on wickedhottalk.com. And we're back. All right. I think we've talked a lot about the individual characters um, from Captain America, but we brought this out because it was a patriotic movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of what brings out the patriotism is really the, the when they bring up the propaganda around him and that it's wartime and yeah. he's there to sell war bonds. And it kind of makes you go, oh, you know, yeah, he's, you know, he is propaganda, but he's awesome. Well, then that's the thing. I I believe that is what the original Captain America comic book was designed to do was during the war. It was propaganda material and it was something to get little kids kind of indoctrinated into it and parents buying the stuff. And, you know, and and they even show that in the movie, like there are Captain America movies and comic books and things like that. And so like the Red Skulls, even like, I've seen all your movies. Like, (laughs) yeah, like, what have you been doing for the last year? Just making movies. Yeah, they really showed Steve Rogers how he was just he didn't really like that. But he kind of felt like it was his duty. And I think that any of the other guys if they would have been picked, they would have had a tougher time with that. They wouldn't have liked to been. They wouldn't have done any of that. And honestly, I think if Hodge or whoever the big bully guy, if they had chosen him and they made him a super soldier, there's no way, no matter Erskine dead or not, they would not have stuck his ass in a lab. They would have drug him out and gone all Hulk on everybody's ass because that's basically what would happen when if you give it, you know, it'd be Red Skull too. You know, yeah. his face just wouldn't have gotten the acid peel. I don't think that uh, either he would, he'd had the determination that Steve Rogers had. He wouldn't have run after the guy to try and, and resolve that. No. Mm-mm. It would have been like, that sucks. Yeah. He would, he probably would have been like, hey, but look at my muscles, you know? Right. <laughs> and that, that whole, that whole thing of him basically just trial by fire, having to immediately chase somebody down and he's like knocking Peggy, Peggy Carter out of the way and gets up and runs and you see him like look down at his own body because he's not even really looked at himself yet and just like taken off running and realizing that he can run faster and then running so fast and having no control kind of like a baby giraffe or something he just goes barreling through like a, a wedding shop or something and yeah. then he just keeps running and running running and like rips the door off a cab he's like hey look at me and that was really kind of cool because there was such kind of a, an innocence and a naivete to it that even though he's this big strong guy and even though he's hot and hunky and women are now starting to look at him and throw themselves at him a little bit he's still just a little dorky guy he doesn't know how to handle any of it which i think is kind yeah. of i think it's kind of sweet it is endearing. And then, you know, when he jumped over that fence, I mean, him, he, he was like, holy crap. Right. I just jumped over a fence. Look at me. I can rip a submarine apart underwater. No pressure involved at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, and then my brain goes to, I wonder exactly how long he stayed a virgin. Cause you know, he was. Oh, and yeah. I don't think he scored with anybody before he went into the ice for 70 years. So I'm thinking, what, maybe Peggy Carter's niece in like the third movie? Maybe? I, I guess. It'd have to I be. Don't know. If at all, you know. If at all. Yeah. Cause I mean, he really was a very wholesome man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, at that point, he's like 106. So, you know, how many 106 year olds do you know are going out and getting it on? Not that many. Yeah. <laughs> Always comes back to sex. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Peggy Carter would have jumped him the second he came out of the Vita Ray tube. 
Yeah, but it was it was a more innocent time. I don't know. I think that because he wasn't married, he wouldn't have had sex. Probably not. So okay, this this also goes into some more spoilers for Endgame and some Winter Soldier and et cetera, et cetera. So in Winter Soldier, we see him go and visit with Peggy Carter, right? And she's old. You know, she's really old. She's like 100 years old. She's getting ready to die. And they're talking about, you know, her life and how she missed him and all this other stuff. And then in one of them, they show like a... Uh, oh, from the Smithsonian. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. At the Smithsonian, they show a video of her talking about their time together and how he's actually responsible for her meeting her husband, who was one of the Howling Commandos. Now, it's literally never talked about again or who it is or whatever. And then we have the end of Endgame, and we know how that went. Mm-hmm. So it's like, was she really married to Steve Rogers the whole time and just not saying anything because of the timeline issue? That's what I was hoping for, but Me I think too. really he spun off a parallel. Yeah, I don't know. I think the Russo brothers kind of answered it, but in a backdoor way, kind of going, yeah, sure. You know, so yeah, I don't know. But I'd like to think that also, I'd like to think that if she did marry somebody or somebody else, it was Bowler Hat Guy. Uh, Damien Dark. Yeah, yeah. It would have to be him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, who he'd else be would awesome. it be? Yeah. Also, the guy, uh, the uh, Asian guy that was from Fresno. I love him. And, and he was, Fresno they Ace. said like, who, who are we letting in here? And he's like, I'm fr- Fresno, you asshole. <laughs> It's like, hello, racisms. <laughs> yeah. And then there was another time where the guy was speaking German and he's like, yeah, I took German until I took French. And he's like, I didn't ask for an autobiography. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> like, didn't he's ask like... for the resume. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he's kind of an asshole. He's he like the right kind, kind of, of asshole, ass. though. Like, he's an endearing asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have one in every like group of howling commandos or similar. Um, I watched the entire Peggy Carter <laughs> looking for the Howling Commando that she was going to marry. I was very excited and it, it never happened. They never yeah, showed like it. Yeah, like I said, I'm thinking there's a reason it never did because you know, Marvel doesn't seem to do anything like on a whim. They seem to come back around to whatever it is. And now I really want to go into their war room and just see like the things planned out and see how much of it was thought about like back when Iron Man started versus okay, now we can go back and fill in this hole, plug that hole, you know, that kind of thing to make it look like they had it all together. Yeah. We'll never know. Yep. I mean, it was very obvious, though, at the end of Endgame that Bucky kind of knew what was going on. He wasn't yeah. confused or question mark. And so I wonder if they were going to get any backstory in the um, Disney Plus shows that they're going to have with um, Winter Soldier. Yeah, well, they're supposed to have Falcon and the Winter Soldier have their own show. So that'll be fun. Oh, my God. If they could just date, that would be the best. <laughs> You're going to ship them. <laughs> you know I'm what? I'm so okay with that. I'm excited for this concept. Yay. <laughs> I'm okay. I am okay with that. That doesn't bother me. Because so. now they aren't competing over the love of Steve. Yeah. They, that was a total thruple right there. That was awesome. Now they can, they can explore their own feelings. Mm, feelings. <laughs> yep. Steve's too old-fashioned. He wasn't going to share his man. No. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny that it's like, this is such a patriotic movie, and all wartime movies are, and so little of it really even occurred on, like, American soil. You know, like, we think about Independence Day being, or at least for me, it's like the 4th of July movie, and the patriotic kind of movie, because it's like, aliens come on our land and kick our ass, and that's not okay, and so now we gotta fight back. This is, you know, this is a little different. There's a really great line in... I can't remember if it was in Avengers. It's basically when when Nick Fury goes to the boxing or there's something about, you know, so they told me they won the war, but they didn't tell me what we lost. 
Mm-hmm. And and I thought that was really poignant because, you know, the the world that existed then and the the things that we thought we were fighting against then have somehow snuck their way into our now more than we ever expected them to. And so I think if you were someone who was from that time and had a very clear-cut idea of what American patriotism looked like and then you were fast-forwarded into this age of capitalism and sort of blurred lines as to what's okay and what's not, that it would be really shocking. And I think you would, I I think I would feel a little bit betrayed by that. Like, you know, look at all the shit that we are fighting for and, you know, for what, you know, like it's just coming right back around again. Yeah. I, I think that there is a lot of parallels there. And I think Marvel actually kind of said, you know, with the Hydra hiding underneath (laughs) the whole time, that actually kind of felt a little bit true. It's just like, you know, we had, these societal problems that never were at the surface and then and the, until they were and then you're like what the fuck you know didn't we didn't we have a war over this yeah was it <laughs> didn't we already collectively get together and decide that nazis were bad when did were they allowed to come yeah. back and play this is not okay. i know i know so in fact there's part of me um uh really wants to get a copy of the, well, to print. I'm not going to pay for the original Captain America with him punching out the Nazi on it, just because I think <laughs> it's a fun, um, a fun patriotic little romp. Yeah. You know, I liked, I like to think of an innocent, a more innocent time where propaganda was nice. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> when it made you feel good about yourself instead of question everything you thought you knew. Exactly. I mean, obviously, I understand the ramifications of having an agency like S.H.I.E.L.D., and especially one that gets infiltrated by HYDRA, this Big Brother-esque that really kind of bothered me. And they they, they really explored that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You don't really see it until the Avengers um, and, you know, further episodes. But I, I'm glad that they brought it up. Like, th- this is kind of creepy. Nick Fury, kind of creepy dude, right? Yeah. Um, he, he knows everything about everything. He keeps, he keeps quiet and he kind of is the puppet master. I'm a little bothered by that. I like Tony Stark says, you know, he's the spy. His secrets have secrets. And that's, yep. that's so true, you know? Yeah. And so I'm glad that they brought that up. But. And how important that is so that there are different extremes to this, right? We can be patriotic and we can have this propaganda telling us what to think and and how to love Captain America. But, you know, you can also have these secret organizations. But at the same time, it's like it still was better. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like this idea. I like this. Like, I I want to be in a society that's free, but not free to be Nazis. (laughs) Right. I know. You're like... Far are we letting this freedom thing go? Because I'm so torn, you know. Mm, I know. I, I always say, you know, give everybody freedom of speech and everything like that because, you know, when you're not the majority, but good God. <laughs> I know. It's like, ugh, I don't know. It's just the world has gone crazy. I know. We need Captain America. We do. Now, we need America's ass. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know we're not talking about Winter Soldier, which, by the way, I think is the best of the Captain America movies. And I don't know how much of it is due to the scene where he's pulling the um, helicopter down using his own forearm. Oh my God, that's hot. <laughs> it was. That was a good scene. That's a great then, scene. I think I, even the guys in the theater were like, uh-huh, I'm fucking like, right there. <laughs> like, well, like, son like, of a you bitch. bring him home? That. Come on, let's go. <laughs> I noticed that the new movie that's coming out that's like, I don't know if it's a spinoff or if they're just doing it it's with The Rock and um, uh, Jason Statham. Oh, my God. I want to see that movie so bad. Me, too. It I'm dying to see. It looks so fucking funny. If you come I to know. town, we need to go see that movie or oh, vice versa. I, we definitely. And Amazing. so, but when they're, um, when he's down 
pulling the helicopter towards him mm-hmm. uh, on the in the pre in the trailers, I'm like, you know what, Captain America's done that, dude. I Sorry, know. you're like it's done. It's not that hot anymore. But no, damn, no, was it hot? You're no Captain America. I can <laughs> see why you wanted the scene because it's awesome still. But it's yeah. no Captain America. It's right. been done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it's been done without having to have biceps the size of your head. You know, I mean, he exactly. has good biceps. He had a great body in that. Yeah. But it's it's very much of a lean, compact, you know, that V, you know, goes from mm-hmm. the shoulders all the way down to the hips. Just like real. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we got to talk about America's ass. We talked mm. about it a little bit earlier. America's ass is great. Yes. Um. Now, uh, Colt 45 has accused us of uh, uh, objectifying men more oh, than please. any of their shows. We're not the ones yeah. with the skin deep episode. Hello. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the whole segment yeah. in every episode about how many people get naked. Yeah, but and they never talk about the men that get naked. Well, men mm. usually don't get naked. I don't think they, you know what? I'll have to I ask him to if skin counting. deep. Because they do a count of like how much yeah. nudity is in each movie. And we'll have to ask him if, if you know, dicks and butts make it into that count. You or know, if it's I just want male tits. nipples to make it. I mean, if we're going to throw it all in there, <sighs> yeah. I want nipple count for dudes too. All right. So let me give you my final thoughts on Captain America. Okay. I really loved that it brought this character kind of to the forefront. Captain America, especially because it had its little hiatus, it really wasn't a uh, a character that we always saw in the comic books. And in fact, I never read a Captain America comic book until after I saw this this movie. I really loved the character. I'm glad they brought him in. And I'm glad I got to see him lead the Avengers. Yeah, somebody had mentioned, or uh, I did an AMA on our Lady Pods Hod Slack the other day, and one of the questions somebody asked me was DC or Marvel. And it's like, in the forefront of my brain, that's a very easy question, Marvel. But before Iron Man and all of these things started to come, I'd never, I mean, I knew there was a Marvel comics. I could not have named one Marvel character. And it's Maybe not the, the Hulk, yeah. The X-Men were probably... And, and then again, I knew the Hulk and I knew those kind of things, but the, it wouldn't have stuck out to me that that was any different than where Batman came from. All the comics, no matter who made them, were kind of the same. But now there's such a such a similarity, like such a, br- a breach, I guess, between the two in my brain that it's like, obviously, Marvel is the way to go, even though I've only, you know, I was in my 30s when this shit came out, so... Or at least came to my forefront, so... Yeah. But yeah, I, I honestly think that Captain America, the first Avenger, so this first movie, is one of my very favorite, not only Marvel movies, but very one of my very favorite just period pieces at all. Mm-hmm. Joe Johnson is the director of this, and he does just such amazing work with this type of stuff. He did The Rocketeer, and he's just, know, stuff is just cool, and it feels really authentic. Like, it doesn't feel like 2012 trying to tell me what 1948 felt like you know what i mean yeah i agree i i really like the feel too and i thought that they brought in the sci-fi element of comics really kind of tastefully Mm -hmm. and to the point where it was still absorbable right exactly yeah i agree and i like i said this is one of my favorites it will remain one of my favorites it is a movie that pops into mind when you think you know how america should be or how you want it to be kind of that idealistic. And that's what I like about Captain America is that, you know, in the later movies, he gets a lot more jaded than he is in this first movie. This first movie, he's still truth and justice in the American way and all of that kind of thing. And it's it's really refreshing and it's nice to see. Yeah, it's also nice to see why he is the best person to be picked to be Captain America. 
he's got that heart. I think that a lot of times movies, especially like superhero movies, just try and tell you. They just try and say it. He's mm-hmm. got heart. He's got heart. He's got heart. You know? Right. Um, and nothing actually built that character to tell you that. Yeah. But Captain America, no, you saw it. You could see it. You could feel it. Uh, and, you know, you also have to remember that this man is acting opposite green screen 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. And he's doing a hell of a job. He's one of the best actors out there for, you know, considering what he's doing. It's like when, you know, it's like Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis doesn't get any Oscars or any recognition, but he should. Oh, totally should. And even even characters like uh, like Gandalf in Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like almost exclusively, he's working alone or he's mm-hmm. working with the like size doubles. He's not working with the main cast, you know, and that's mm-hmm. that's hard. You know, like people think, oh, whatever, it's not a big deal. No, it is. Like even trying to record podcasts on your own, like the solo podcasters, I don't know how y'all do it. I mean, mad props. Because if I didn't have you to play off of, I'd probably be just going, uh. Or you just end up talking about something completely different. Well, that's what happens anyway. At least one of us can tag the other one around or we'll just change the name of the episode and make it into whatever we rambled about. <laughs> that's usually what we do. <laughs> uh-huh. That's why we record the intro at the end. See, yeah. peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Okay. So uh, something new that we have coming up or that we have just started is um, for our Patreon subscribers. We want to start honoring you guys and letting you be a part of helping us pick what happens on the show. Not every episode, obviously, but what we want is we want for all of our Patreon subscribers to message us with their topic idea. It can be a movie, it can be a TV show, it can be just a random general topic, whatever it is that you want to hear us talk about, send us that message and we're going to basically start doing drawings from those people who are participating. I'm sorry? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, from those suggestions. Yeah, from the suggestions. And then we will select, and it may be once a month, maybe once every six weeks, depending on how many, you know, we get. Uh, We just want to start going through and doing some topics that you've suggested. And obviously, anybody who gives us a topic, we will be shouting you out and letting you know how much we love you for being a patron. Now, if you want to get on this and you're not currently a Patreon subscriber, well... All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash nerdy bitches and sign up at least a dollar a month and you can send us your topic suggestion and you will be in the drawing. Now, I will say you do have to be an active active patron to get your episode pulled. So, yeah, just stick around. Yeah, <laughs> we got good likely, stuff coming. So. Yeah, but likely most people's will get eventually get on there. So, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, we, we have awesome subscribers and they've you know, most of them have been around for quite a while, and we definitely want to make sure that everybody gets their chance to to hear their name on the show and to just you know know how much we appreciate this, because again, it's you know it's not free for us to do this stuff. We pay money to do it, and it, you know if you guys want to support us and help us out, that's amazing. We really appreciate it. It gives us an opportunity to do things we never would be able to otherwise, having better art, having better merchandise, being able to go to conventions, visit each other and do live shows or whatever it is Mm -hmm. we need to do. Everything you guys do, even a dollar a month, absolutely helps us towards our goals. Yeah. So again, patreon.com slash nerdy bitches. You can also find us. um, You can go on to nerdybitches.com and see a little bit more of what we've got going on there. We have all sorts of stuff about our book club. 
you can go and you can sign up to get a free uh, Audible trial if you want to get into ebooks. We have a, a box there on our book club page. All sorts of cool things coming up. All right. Well, this week's internet comment mm-hmm. is from at Overheard LA, and it's having a podcast is this generation's lower back tattoo. <laughs> I both feel that and I feel called out by that. <laughs> <laughs> Because I have both things happening. So uh, we also have one other thing to announce. We have a new business partner, basically, that we're working with. And that is Frankie and Murr. And this is an aromatherapy company. And they make some of the coolest products that I have ever, ever seen. So the one that really attracted me was this spray that's called Spray the Bitch Away. Yeah. And it's it's for like, you know, relaxing calming, yeah. and calming <laughs> and stuff. And I just thought that would be such a fun product to to work with on our show. So if you're interested, you can go to nerdybitches.com slash Frankie ampersand Murr. So think like frankincense and myrrh, you know, for those of you who've read a Bible once. Uh, <laughs> or you, if you go straight to their website at Frankie and word and written out com, you can use our code nerdy bitches, all one word to get 15% off any of your purchases. So yeah, I'm very excited because I'm going to buy my sister like a ton of spray the bitch away. <laughs> <laughs> they have a gift basket. <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm just really excited to work with this group because they they just they're so fun. Their product names are delightful. We found a partner that does not have a stick up their ass, so that is fun. I am very excited to work with Frankie and Murr. Use code Nerdy Bitches to get 15% off of your order. I think they've even got some kind of free shipping over $35 purchase right now. So definitely check them out. It's summertime. Everybody's bitchy because it's hot. Go get your shit on. All right. So I guess that is it for this time. Do you have anything else, Heather? No, we'll see you next week. All right. Have a great one. Music provided by www.bensound.com, and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. Always comes back to sex. <laughs>